morning. Here's what the Bible reads in Isaiah 40, verse 28. Once again, <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28. Have you not known and have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Bible says he gives power to the weak. He gives what? Power. To who? Weak. He gives power to the weak. Now, this is not a, a, a confession of, of shame, but do you ever feel from time to time just a little weakened? Anybody? Oh, am I the only one? Anybody ever feel a little weakened? Doesn't mean you're weak. It just means you're weakened from time to time. It could be physically. It could be mentally. It could be emotionally. Sometimes it could be relationally. Just a little weakened. But the Bible says he gives power to the weak. All right, let's keep reading. Um, let's see. Yes. And those who have no might, he increases strength. Yeah. Even the youth shall faint and be weary with your young self. And the young men who feel and think they're indestructible, invincible, but even the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait, I can't hear nobody talking to me this morning, but those who wait on the Lord shall what renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Would you turn with me to the New Testament? I don't often teach both Old and New Testaments in the same reading, but I think this morning it might be of value. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians 4. And uh, let's look at verse 16. Verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though the outward man is perishing, Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Once again, therefore we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, is perishing, um, uh, 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 the inward man is being renewed day by day. I'd like to talk for a few moments today and we're in this series it's, it's, it's not a series but it's a theme I can't get away in this season from the ambition and the objective of seeing you strengthened in this season that's really been the whole goal and objective in this particular hour is that you are not weakened you are not powerless in fact if anything you feel somewhat encouraged empowered and strengthened in this season we've seen a whole lot these past few weeks we've experienced a whole lot these past couple of years and it has affected everybody in one way or the other even the strongest have had their bouts because of this pandemic this morning we addressed the ongoing and continued challenges of this pandemic of these pandemic days and its ongoing effects it has had on many of us as people of God. Uh, but I'd like to stay in a particular focus as we did last week. Last week was really more of a prelude. It was more of a prerequisite, if you will. It was sort of an opening thought of dialogue. And, you know, we, we kind of focused on some things that I knew we got a little tense last week. But I appreciate parents going home and reiterating and, and, and sharing delicately some of the things that might have posed a challenge as we dealt with delicate issues. The reality is this, we live in a real world and we've got real problems. And this pandemic has only exacerbated, amplified, intensified what we've dealt with in this season. And so with that being said, I wanna to continue to focus, particularly in the area of mental and emotional challenges, okay? I wanna stay there for a moment 
Because I don't care who you are, what background you are from, and how many degrees and certifications and what zip code you live in and what your bank account says. We all have some type, I believe, of, of, of responsiveness. We've got to, we, we've got to t contend with some of the, the fiery darts that have been thrown our way. And I know we've got authors in the room, motivational speakers in the room. When I finished with the one pastor from right here yesterday in the barbershop chair, another one came up and said, Pastor Stevens, you don't know me, but you, you know my uncle, who bishop, so and so and so and so. I'm a motivational coach, and I'm a speaker, and I'm a consultant, I'm this and that. I said, well, young man, I'm so glad to hear that. Take my phone number, and let's connect later this week. Everybody wants to be a life coach now. Motivational speaker. And I believe in life coaches. And I like motivational speakers. But at the end of the day, we need the gospel. And we need the gospel of Christ's kingdom. Okay? I know I'm biased. I know I'm probably a little prejudiced. But at the end of the day, thank God for a bunch of feel-good messages that make me feel good. But it's not about me. As it is more about God's purpose, his plans, and his principles for my life. And so with that being said today, um, uh, depression, distress, anxiety, stress, tension. Let's go a little deeper. Uh, COVID fatigue. You know, we, we, we called it, um, what's the word we like to use, um, cabin fever. We, we, we had cabin fever for a while because we were so locked in and shut in and quarantined. But now it's kind of manifested to COVID fatigue. Get tired of these doggone masks. My wife said, just keep washing them, keep washing them. The more you wash them, the more the threads start coming out and they get all in your mouth and in your nostrils and all that stuff. And I'm about tired of these masks. Uh, I, I travel a great deal. I, I can be in four or five states in one week. And I forget which state has which mask policy. So I can go into one area with no mask on, folks staring at me, and then I can go in another state with another area with a mask off and people staring at me. Either way it goes, if you cough now, people are looking at you like you're crazy. Don't worry about it, when they cough, you turn around looking at them like, like something wrong with them. I mean, after a while, it starts to bother you. You're not saying amen still. Uh, uh, exhaustion, weariness, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational. You know, last week we kind of focused in on suicide and suicidal thoughts. Couldn't help, couldn't help but look at that, that area because you, 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 your heart breaks with the young lady who was an attorney and 30 years old and had plenty of money and plenty of fame and plenty of attention and seemed like she had everything going for her. And I think that has to hit home with everybody, particularly in the black community. It has to hit home. That's somebody's daughter, somebody's granddaughter, somebody's sister, somebody's wife, somebody's fiance. Seemed like had everything you could ever wanted. And, 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 and just, just, just dies a horrible death. Someone made the statement, well, yeah, she, she kind of passed away. No, she didn't pass away. She killed herself. There's a difference. And I think we need to call a spade a spade and bring back and evoke the spirit of God and invoke the spirit of fear. And to the mindsets, and again, I understand that this is, and it, this ought not even be quote-unquote controversial. It should not even be controversial. The truth of the matter is we've got to get back as a church having answers. We built City Church, a.k.a. University City Church, formerly known as Full Gospel Fellowship Church, because we were willing to deal with tough issues when no one else would deal with them. And I need you to know right now that we're not shy. If anything, we are emboldening ourselves again to be at the table of cultural change and be a leader in the industry of having not just vision, but having a voice. Because if the church doesn't address these issues with biblical soundness and authority, who's going to do it? The barbershop, beauty shop, social media? The locker room, who's going to do it? And so it is our, and this is why these Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, even as we chat, one of the meetings I have this week coming is going back and re-engaging in a small group dynamic. 
And maybe right now, this, this quarantine season is a blessing in disguise. So we can start organically, our small group, let them stay online as long as we can until they have no choice but to go back in person. But we need to talk. Men need to talk. Men need to reconcile as men. Where are we in all of this? So these things being said, let me conclude what we opened last week as it relates to suicide and suicide thoughts. You know, last week, in fact, I want you to write a scripture down. Write this scripture down. I mean, you came to church, you came to hear the word, you came to learn the word, and I hope you take something home with you, all right? Write down 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23, okay? Uh, I started this conversation last week, but unfortunately, I didn't have really the, the, the I really wanted to give a little bit more content and substance before I dig deeper. But I want to talk to you so you can in turn talk to your children and your grandchildren. I want to talk to you so you can talk to your colleagues, your co-workers, and your cousins. What should be the church's response? Where should the church, the gospel, Christianity stand when a young woman, a young man decides to take their life? First Thessalonians 5, 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. Watch this. And may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved, complete, without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul talks to the church at Thessalonica, one of the earliest churches in the gospel, by the way. And he gives the distinctiveness of man in three parts. Mind, excuse me, body, spirit, and soul. Man is made up of three parts, body, soul, and spirit. I started this conversation last week, but let me help you again. And I can't take you back to undergrad. Can't take you back to probably your, probably your, probably your junior, if not senior year in high school. Let's not say senior, because we didn't do nothing our senior year in high school. So this probably was a sophomore, if not your junior in high school. But body, soma, soul, or mind, suke, where we get the word psychology, and then spirit, or pneuma, or pneumatology, the spirit, the wind, the breath of God. So you right now, my brothers and sisters, you are made up of body, the things you can physically see and touch. You're also made up of soul or mind. That's what's on the inside of you that keeps you going. It keeps you ticking. But then when spirit comes inside of you, now there's something that God has breathed on and in you. According to the word of God, mankind is distinct from any other creature created. There is no cat, no donkey, no dog, no horse that can have the three parts of personality, the consciousness, the emotions, the intellect, or the will. That we have. Man is also made up of immaterial or intangible benefits. In other words, we have a personality. We have consciousness. We have, we have emotions, intellect, and will, and so forth. Now, all this makes up what we call personality. You have all of that without being saved. Okay? When you come to Jesus, right? I notice I didn't say when you find Jesus. You always hear people say, child, I found the Lord. I found the Lord. Well, first of all, he wasn't lost. He, was, he, he ain't never been lost, right? You were the one lost, not him. But when Jesus comes into your lost life and you receive the gift of salvation, right? Now, now you receive spirit. You receive spirit. I wish I could go deeper. I don't want, I can't go deeper, but I, I don't want. If, somebody say, Pastor, even go deeper. Okay, I think I will. Thank you. Now, now, when you get saved, you receive God's spirit, his, 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 his ruach, his presence on you. Okay? But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's a whole different in you baptism. There is a spirit on you and then there's a spirit in you, okay? I, I, that's a Tuesday night teaching, and we want to talk about the cessation or the separate experience according to Acts 18, Acts 19, when people were Christians and they were believers, but they had not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. They were good people, 
We can look at people like Cornelius. We can look at people in Acts chapter 5. When the Bible said they were baptized, they were good Christians, but they had not known the Holy Ghost. Paul said, hey, have you all gotten baptized with the Holy Spirit since you've been a believer? They said, hey, wait a minute, time out. We didn't know the Holy Ghost was real. Well, you know what? I'm going to lay hands on you. I'm going I'm I'm to prophesy, and, and you're going to speak in tongues, and the Holy Ghost is going to come on you. So that lets us know, I can be a born-again believer, I can have gotten baptized, and still don't have the Holy Spirit of empowerment. Whole different teaching, whole different teaching. All I'm trying to get to is this. John tells Gaius, beloved, I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. There's language and terminology that shows the distinction of the three. In fact, Matthew 16, 26. For what profit is it to man that if he gains the whole world and lose his own soul? What will a man give in exchange for his soul? What does that tell you and I? You can have everything you can ever want material-wise. You can physically be in great shape, mentally be sharp as a tack. But if your soul has not been regenerated, redeemed, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, what would that profit you? These are the things that we must grapple with. You say, what does it have to do with suicide? Let me give you three things to consider and think about. Number one, here are three thoughts that you must take home today about suicide and suicidal thoughts, all right? Number one, suicidal thoughts are lies, are lies. They are lies from the devil. I wish I could make it sound a little bit more intellectual for some of you all, a little bit more uh, educational for some of you all, but I'm going to stick with the word. And I can do that with a demon degree. Suicidal thoughts are demonic lies from the devil. You need to realize one thing. The Bible says, John 10 and 10, the thief comes not to kill, steal, and to destroy. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. In the Old Testament, in the days of Moses, there was a spirit of assassination, a spirit of murder, a spirit of death. And it came in mass forms in the New Testament. When Jesus was born into the earth, there was another spirit of assassination released in the earth to kill all of the babies under two. There's nothing new in the age. So you had the spirit of death of destruction, of assassination, and of murder. And so here we are 2,000 years later, and people want to sit back and try to figure out, how can a person kill themselves? That's nothing un 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 uncommon. Instead of a spirit of homicide, it's a spirit of suicide. Stay with me, please. Number two, thought number two, the Holy Spirit makes the difference because the Holy Spirit is the difference. Stay with me. Stay with me. I've got something that's going to balance this out for everybody. I don't know how a person with the Holy Spirit, with the presence and the power of the Lord can succumb to the lies. You're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. The earth will be better if you're not here. The lies, you're ugly, you're, you'll never be forgiven, you are a casualty, you're this, you're that. The lies of the enemy. Bible says that he is the father of lies. But when you have the greater one on the inside, you can combat those lies. I said last week, I'll say it again. The devil, Satan himself, comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, let me give you a bag of lies. Throw yourself off the temple and commit suicide. And Jesus said, the word, it is written. If you don't have the word in you, how Will you combat the enemy with it? it is written? Okay, Bible reminds us in John 3, verse 5 through 7, Jesus actually said, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel, I say unto you, you must be born again. 
Why? Because when the Spirit of God comes on the inside of you, now you can deal with those demonic thoughts and deal with those demonic attacks and the lies of the enemy. 1 John 3 and 8, write it down. 1 John 3 and 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. I said it last Sunday and I'll say it again. The devil is not your friend you can't dance with them you can't flirt with them you can't practice with them there's nothing you have in common what does common as light have with darkness how can two walk together except they agree can i give you another scripture i'm kind of testing you all as i preach I, I i don't i don't know if this is too much or not enough uh would you go to romans chapter 8 romans chapter 8 and I'm going to give you this last thought because I know it sounds really, really on the spiritual side. And I know many of you are asking, well, what about the mental illness side? Stay right there. I'll come back to that in a moment. But I, I do want you to look at Romans 8 because I want to give you treatment from Scripture. Scripture has to be paramount. You cannot avoid this subject matter and not underlay it with Scripture. Okay? So let's go to Romans 8. Romans 8. In fact, Romans 8 and then verse 7. All right? Everybody okay so far? All right? Romans chapter 8. And uh, look at verse 7. Here's what the Bible says. Now, you know what? Let's back up to verse 5. Romans 8 and 5. For those who live according to the flesh shall set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I think I need to read verse 5 again. I mean verse uh, 5 again. No, no, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, where are we going with this one? Um, let's go back to Miss Chelsea, Miss USA, Miss Attorney, 30 years old, beautiful, get everything she could ever want. It, 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 it has to puzzle you. Where did, where did the, the light switch go off and on? And unfortunately, it's not, a, it's not an anathema. It's not something that just happens every blue moon. It happens every day. It just happens to be something in, in, in the limelight because of her, her, her public uh, personality status or, or her, you know, her um, popularity status. But every day in America, in the black community, Beautiful young men and women, handsome young men and women, take their lives with no thought. He said, how is this possible? Especially so those who had everything they could have wanted going for them. Right up under their parents' nose. Right up under their grandparents' nose. Don't you see, friends, why we must get the gospel to people? It is more than just banners on the church. It's more than little notches under our belts that says we're soul winners. We want to get the spirit of God inside of these young men and women. So when they go through those dark moments, they don't believe the lies of the enemy. But they'll hear the Holy Spirit say, yeah, shut up, Satan, and the Lord rebuke you. You are a child of God. You are the head of not the tail. There will be a better tomorrow. All things will work together for the idiots that believe. And, and, and because those thoughts are no germane to them than they are to you. The difference is you are able to combat them with scripture and with hope. This is why. We got to have a prolific youth and young adult ministry. This is why we've got to become contagious and have energy to minister to young people. Not so we can have a big church to brag. So no one else becomes the next Chelsea Chris. That's why. Number three, there's healing and help for those who struggle mentally and emotionally. Notice the word, notice the word healing and help. The spiritual healing but there's practical help. And I say that to balance out this conversation. Some things I believe has to be medicated. I do believe that. I, I believe in the power of miracles and medicine. We call it ministry. There's ministry between miracles and medicine. Let's not do, yeah, hello? Just like Tylenol, Advil, you, you know medicine? Just like uh, the brace or the orthopedics or the braces or whatever it is you got going on to fix whatever's wrong in your body. There's power and there's healing. Well, you all are making me work harder than I should have to work on Super Bowl Sunday. All right. Even with your cowboy jersey on, please don't make me work so hard. Now, 
say that to say this. Um, Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says they were healed as they went. What are you saying? There's ministry in, at the crossroads of medicine and miracles. If somebody needs some medication, if, oh God, if somebody needs therapy, counseling, don't let it be a stigma in the black community. Ain't nothing wrong with you to go get some counseling, but there is something wrong with you to not want to get some therapy. I don't care how many tongues you talk in. I don't care how many apostles and prophets and archbishops you know. Because truthfully, they the main ones that need counseling and therapy. We hide behind the mask that grin and lie. We hide behind the sacred spiritual coverings. And oftentimes, with little bitty men trying to pull chains and levers hiding behind this big steam. So the point to every one of you all is this. You can stand between the living and the dead and make the difference. Real quick, I got to move forward. I just want to give that thought, give that, give that answer, because people want to know, and the church, again, goes mute. 2 Corinthians. The book of 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church of Corinth, which was to correct a group of Christians concerning God they're living in a corrupt society. There were differences, divisions, disorders, and dysfunctions in this young and early church. But Paul gives a warning and instructions to the church to be extremely careful not to blend in and not to compromise with the sinful and secular nature of this lifestyle and world which the church had found itself in. And so uh, he, he says, we do not lose heart. And though our outward man is perishing. I want to stop right there for a moment before we bring our wonderful guest author up. Our outward man is perishing. Everyone who gets up in the morning sits on the side of the bed and takes a little bit longer to get up than it did this time last year. May you be reminded, the outward man is perishing. Rogaine, Neutrogenics, Clairol, Blacken, Beijing, however you want to blacken your hair. The outward man is perishing. Y'all won't talk to me back here in the musician area. Spanx, to suppression shirts, tights. The outward man, vitamin A, B, C, and D. You have probably lived longer than you're going to live. Abraham Lincoln said something very powerful. He said this, it is not the years in your life that counts. It's the life in the years that count. So Paul wants to remind the church that the outward man waits on nobody. You know, the next time you take a shower, the next time you take a bath, just look down before you get out. And that stuff you see in the bottom of the tub, it's not always dirt. It's dead skin. You remember when you used to be six foot two and now you five foot 11? Uh, that's not by accident. The outward man is, y'all, why are y'all so hard on me today? Remember when you had 32s and now you got 28s? I'm not talking about your rims outside on the car. I'm talking about your teeth. It, it won't be long, them 28s will be 18s. And then they're going to be 12s. But as long as they're together, you got a chance. <laughs> Tell somebody, uh, they're better together. They're better together. I'm just trying to help you. The outward man is perishing, but thanks be unto God. 
The inward man is getting stronger day by day. I'm so glad that God had it right. It wasn't so fact that the outward man is getting stronger and the inner man is dying. No, 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 no. We are living in this juxtaposition that the outward man, unfortunately, is a part of life. There is no fountain of youth. Now, there are some things you can do to prolong and sustain with good diet and exercise. But at the end of the day, Psalm 90, Lord, teach us to number our days. But the outward man, unfortunately, is perishing. But the inward man, everybody wants to live long, but nobody wants to get old. I want to encourage every one of you to understand the power of being renewed. Uh, the word renewed, if you have your church app, I put the definition on the church app. The word renewed means to be, to begin again, to recover, to reestablish, to make as if New Again, I want to give you one scripture, and then I have this wonderful opportunity to have a dialogue just for a few moments. Ephesians 4 and 20 says this. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. I want you to say that with me. The truth is in Jesus. Would you say that with me? Come on. The truth is in Jesus. I don't see, but maybe a third of y'all saying something. Please talk with me. Come on, y'all. Don't, don't make it hard for me. Come on, say, the truth is in Jesus. Yeah. Verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to his deceitful lust. And, verse 23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind kind of sounds like Romans 12 1 and 2 to me being renewed being renewed uh, as if you're being new all over again as if there's a reestablishment, a reconnection a recommitment I I'm talking to you today about how do we make it through this pandemic season how do we not destroy ourselves how do we not destroy our relationships how do we not throw in the towel and give up how do we not get depressed or distressed or, or, or fall or faint or, or give in uh, we do it by every day being renewed renewed in our minds renewed in the word renewed in prayer renewed in fellowship renewed in worship renewed in acts of love acts of kindness acts of generosity there is a practice there is a science there is a progressiveness of staying afloat and progressively going forward but it won't happen if you stay idle it won't happen if you stay stagnant you've got to pretend you got to you got to proactively renew yourselves be not transformed to this world be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind pastor tim if you'll come and just spray the air for me one good time before we bring our guest up thank you sir so when we talk about renewing of the mind they say the battlefield for every man is between his ears it's the mind the battlefield for every woman is the mind the bible says i believe it's proverbs 23 and 7 as a man thinketh so is he. Oh, I guess I won't make it. Well, I guess you're going to have what you say. Well, I guess I'll never get the raise. Well, you know, I'll never guess I'll ever be a homeowner. You know, I'll never, forget, I'll never finish this college degree. Well, I guess I'll never get married. I'll be like my aunties and my mama, my grandmama, all these women in my life, or in my family who never got married. I just keep well, you know what? You, if that's what you think, that's what you have. You know, John Maxwell said, change your words, change your world. But we're not willing to change those negative thoughts. So I wanted to take a few moments today and take advantage of this beautiful opportunity to really engage you and what it means to change your thinking, your actions, your ways as it relates to being renewed. Would you say that with me, being renewed? Come on, say strength renewed. I want you to give a very warm welcome to Sister Amanda Maxwell. She's going to come and join me just for a few moments. And Amanda, come on, sit right here. We're going to distance ourselves. You, I'm going to sit there. You sit here. And she wrote a book. And by the way, come on, clap your hands, and let's give a wonderful, wonderful welcome. She just published 
and release a beautiful book. And by the way, it is very attractive, by the way. And if you all don't know, this is my wife's uh, young, younger sister, not youngest, but younger sister. They often uh, get mistaken in public for, 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 for being each other. But Mandy, you just wrote a book called Think About What You Are Thinking. I think you had sort of a, a release conversation with some of the women online a few weeks ago, but I think weather or something was going on and we wanted to bring you back to the church. And uh, first of all, thank you for being here. We want to say welcome to you. And uh, um, uh, you're no stranger, obviously, to the city church. We, you, you moved to Charlotte, I think like a year after we moved to Charlotte back in 1990. Four, if I'm not mistaken, and so we're so proud to see all that God has done and what he's yet doing in your life. But this here is a crowning achievement, and we just want to celebrate and applaud you for this wonderful, wonderful job that you've done. Now, uh, you already mic'd up real good. Make sure your mic is kind of pointed in the center so they can hear you real good. Amen. All right. Kind of, kind of not. All right. Uh, yeah, let's get that handheld mic, because I don't know if you're going to be hear you, because it's kind of to the side. All right. Is it on? Sure. Oh. There you go. It's on. It's on. Uh, you cut you it back on again. There you go. Right All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So, um, first of all, before we jump into the book, yes. just tell us a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So. Many of you do know who I am. My name is Amanda Maxwell. I am. Yeah. If you lower it down, we're too, we're too close to the uh, monitors for the feedback. But I think if you lower the monitors, we should be good. Okay. All right. My name is Amanda Maxwell. I am the sister of Pastor Sharon Stevens and my brother here, Pastor Michael Stevens. Thank you so much for asking me that. And thank you for reading the book and, 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 and making your sermon about it this morning. <laughs> so I appreciate that. But um, I moved back to Charlotte. Of course, we're from North Carolina. Moved back to Charlotte from the University of Missouri where I got my degree in engineering. Um, so my background is engineering. A lot of times people wonder, well, how did you start writing? Although my passion is engineering and math, I've always liked English as well. So I used to uh, do a lot of short stories, poetry. Um, so I have a uh, somewhat diverse background. But currently, I am um, married to my husband, Larry. I uh, have a daughter. And I started writing the book uh, eight years ago. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about that, I haven't been writing for eight years. However, God put the vision of the book in my heart eight years ago. And as a result of losses in the past mm -hmm. year or so, God kind of accelerated the purpose he had for me. So I talked to the women uh, when we did the sisters uh, talk. Uh, when I came, it's about not how you start, but how you finish. And you asked me about, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. There's mm -hmm. so much I can say about me but it's really not about me okay. it's about what god put in me and your vision is never lost especially when you have that nugget and that purpose that will not leave you so you got to always understand what god has put in you and you won't achieve it until you fulfill and just purpose. for clarification this is not a book for women this is a book for anybody absolutely, right okay absolutely. with that being said the subtitle your mind is a battlefield decluttering the landscape provides room for better strategies to win the war. Talk to us about the war, the war of the mind. Now, I've already got two notes for you, but I don't know if I'm gonna get to both these questions, but one of my questions was the importance of decluttering the mind on page 45. You get yes. several things you can do to declutter the mind. We had a Zoom about a week ago, and we talked about the dangers of social media, particularly with young people. Talk about you know the, the whole theme about the book, but yes. why is that important, decluttering the mind, and what can we do? Um, the, the real important thing about decluttering the mind is think about where you spend most of your time is in your mind versus anybody else and if you think about where you consume a lot of your information is through your mind and you spoke a lot this morning about where a lot of people are even in this season because men's hearts are filling them because of fear mm -hmm. where does the fear start in your mind so when your mind is cluttered with so many things 
You have to find a way to tidy up that mind. In other words, you have to pause. Because even the title, Think About What You're Thinking, mm-hmm. when God gave that to me about eight years ago, I was going throughout my day just running and ripping, but it, it was like I had a heaviness on me. And as a result of that heaviness, went through the day with that heaviness on me, and God told me to pause. And as I paused, I reflected on the earlier part of my day, but then I got to a conversation with um, a friend of mine, and it was a light bulb because God was like, this is the culprit. Because that conversation had triggered something in me because they were handling or going through something heavy. But it made me heavy as well. Mm. And when God showed me, like, that's not yours to carry, it automatically lifted. And he said to me, think about what you're thinking. So when you're talking about decluttering, you have to pause and take inventory of your brain and your mind. Because a lot of times we as individuals, whether it's children, men, women, we allow our thoughts to just take us where, where they want to, but we don't pause and just think and get control of that. You said something, and it causes me as a pastor to think about us as Christians and caregivers. We, by biblical nature, have a tendency to carry others' luggage, carry others' burdens, problems. And oftentimes, someone can tell you their problems, their burdens, their luggage, and they go out hour later and go eat ice cream, and they find but you carrying that problem for the next Absolutely. two weeks. And so what you're telling me based on the inventory and based yes. on decluttering yes. is be careful whose battles and be careful Absolutely. whose luggage you pick up. Be careful whose battles and luggage you pick up because if you're not careful, even inadvertently, subconsciously, you carry those heavy burdens that other people have on them, not just through, oh, I want to you know, carry, but sometimes those spirits just kind of mm-hmm. transfer to you and you don't have any idea of why you're feeling that way. Sure. But when you stop and pause and take that inventory of what you're thinking, it causes you to start to weed out and and discard those things that don't need to be in your mind. We're talking about renewing the mind today, Amanda. We're talking about renewing strength, having strength. You said a key word. I'm going to use this one word in a moment, but before then, you quote a lot in here, Dr. Daniel Amen. He's a a neuro science uh he, he's a brain doctor yes okay now say that to, uh ants he talks ants. about Ooh, ants yes explain to them about ants and then i got one more comment before we close this particular segment out okay, okay? but fine. talk about the ants okay i'm gonna give you a little teaser about the ants because if you haven't read the book i want you to go get it well that's the objective okay and see uh <laughs> as a marketing person you should be holding the book up as you do this kind of conversation oh, you know what i'm saying right? okay. yeah that's how that's how they do see, you know on tv person, yeah okay so yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah okay all right all right but talk about the ants all right, so the ants are automatic negative uh, responses to things that come into your mind and in your preview. So what it, what it is is uh, there are trillions of different species of ants in the world. But if you think about some of the times when you've had ants come into your house, whether it's for food or like little droppings, they can take over and they're very disgusting. But the uh, preface of the ants from Dr. Amen, he talks about he was, had a hard day and it was a lot of different people that came into his practice and what he did, he, he was just having a lot of things going on so he came home and guess what was at his house? Ants. And so he said, let me, he coined the term A-N-T, ants, automatic, automatic negative um, thoughts, thoughts mm-hmm. responses. And he said, in order for us, even as people with so many thoughts in our minds, goes along with the decluttering, when you take on different people's thoughts and you try to think what they think about you or you try to make those perceptions mm-hmm. and, and things that a lot of times you don't know, because a lot of, we, we work in... Um, a society where people always say, well, I perceive this. And sometimes you can perceive those things, but you never know the true meaning or the true perception behind even how you think. And those become ants that know at your thoughts mm-hmm. to the point where if I 
may have done something to you, but I perceive, oh, he's mad at me or he's angry at me. I don't know he's angry at me until I right. actually talk to him. But you can go your whole day thinking somebody's upset, True. thinking that True. you know about what they're thinking, thinking that, oh, I know this because but what's the basis of your thought? Is it grounded in truth? Was it grounded in reality? Was it grounded in something faulty that you told yourself? So those ants destroy and, and, and keep you from moving forward because they really pick at your mind mm -hmm. because you take those on as this is truth and really it's not. I got one more thing for you, Mandy, and then I'm going to ask how do people online yes. get your book and materials and how can they meet you in the four year service? Now, this is going to be a little political and, you know, this would not be until I got political with her. You use the word fear. Yes. I'm curious to know your perspective as it relates to thinking pandemic and fear. We all you people say all oh, fear is the false evidence appearing real. But when it comes to media, social media, Negative thoughts. Think of what you're thinking. Talk to me about your perspective. So what's real fear and what ain't fear right now as a race of pandemic? Oh, fear. That's a great question. Well, I know it is. That's why I asked you. <laughs> great question. But the reason I, because I, I quoted the scripture, men's hearts are failing them because of fear and what's coming upon the earth. Mm. Now, a lot of times, and you said it was political, so can I be political? Do you well? want to sell some books or you want to be political? Oh, All right. <laughs> but but the thing is, when you're talking about fear, because a lot of times people say, oh, the opposite of fear is faith. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The opposite of fear is love because perfect love casts out, cast fear. out of the fear. That's right. So a lot of times Go people ahead. think, oh, if I don't have the faith, you know, you don't have enough faith. So you're fearful. Mm -mm. You don't have enough love. That's why you're fearful, because that love that God has given to us, God is love. And when you reside in God's love, it actually helps eliminate the fear. And what does that truly mean? It means, because you talked about it this morning, when you walk in the spirit, who's the spirit? God is the spirit. Mm. And we must worship him in spirit and, and in truth. truth. So when you walk in the spirit, what are you walking in? You're walking in love. So when you're walking in the spirit, you're staying in love. And as you're staying in love, you, that fear dissipates. Why? Because you are in the place that mm. he wants you to be. Mm. He doesn't want you to live in your body, which is your eyesight, your ears, your smell, your taste, your touch. He doesn't even want you to walk in your soul, which is the mind, your consciousness. Those things that hold you back from getting to the spirit. That's because good. if you remember what Paul says, he says, the things I want to do, I can't do. He said, my battle what? is with myself. Come on, girl. And as your battle <laughs> is with yourself, mm -hmm. you have to understand that where you reside in the spirit, you reside in the love. And when you're in the love, it casts out the fear. So when you know who God is and that perfect wow. God that we serve, and that is my heart and the preface of this book. When you live in that spirit, mm. you won't have time right. to allow the fear to control you. Because I always ask, who told you to do what you do? Because you don't have a time to pause because it could be coming from somebody that is it's not even based in, in the word. So who told you that? And I go back to Genesis when God asked Adam and Eve, who told you you were naked? All right. It wasn't the enemy. The devil didn't tell them, but it was their conscience. It was their soul. It was the emotions of what they felt. You understand what I'm saying? So when God says, walk in the spirit, walk in my love, don't let your emotions get the best of you or your body. How can we get the book? Particularly, folk, how can people online, we got people watching online, yes. websites, uh, social media, how can they get the book? The book, you can get it, go to Amazon.com. Um, you can type in Amanda Maxwell, it will pull up. Think about what you're thinking. You see it's in a bundle. There's a workbook where you can write things out. Um, I encourage the workbook because it helps you to write the vision of where God wants to take you as you read the book. And then you can go back to it, but you can get it on Amazon. 
right. And people here, I have some outside as well. Would you tell us real quick, everybody who's here, because after we break for service and we go home, you're going to be in the foyer? Yes. Are you signing books today? I am. Can you at least give us an idea of what the book is, the bundle is? We want to know now so we can prepare, and we can't wait to meet you in the foyer. All right. So the book, the bundle, I always promote the bundle because the bundle is pretty more, much more economical than the book by itself. The bundle by itself is $25. So you get the book as well as the workbook. So, and I'm excited to meet you. know what? You. you are good. I, I taught her everything she knows. She's a good student. I thought North Carolina A&T taught you all this stuff, but you are a good student. You all, give my student a wonderful, man, no, seriously, y'all, come on, y'all, give Sister Amanda Maxwell a round of applause. Excellent, excellent job. Thank you so much. And congratulations again on the book. Amanda's going to be in the foyer right at the service. You know what? I was going to preach the second half of my message, but since you did such a great job, I don't have to preach the second half of my message now. You did it for me, all right? Thank All right, you. and we ain't got no hookup. We ain't got no deal break under the table, 10%, 20%. I have nothing but I want to show love on Black History Month. We celebrate our Black History authors and our Black History business owners and authors. One more time, y'all. Come on, clap your hands, Amanda. Amen, amen. All right, I got one more thing for you before we go. All right, I'm going to put a picture on the screen, and let me read this narrative. And after the picture on the screen and this narrative, we're going to prepare ourselves for a time of prayer and be released. You don't want to miss this picture before you go. You don't want to miss this picture before you go, all right? Now, uh, let me read this narrative just real quick. And while you see this picture, I want, you, I want you to take a real good guess of who this picture is of uh, uh, on the screen while I read this narrative. Again, we're talking about being renewed today in our strength. And again, we cannot celebrate and appreciate again uh, Sister Amanda for her wonderful accomplishments and achievement with... Um, uh, this excellent book and workbook and of course saints we bring in authors we bring in writers from time to time and uh, if you all can support that's always a joy if you write a book we'd like to support you in your endeavors as well um, they say you should not use the R word rate because of social media but I have to use that word here okay uh, and this is not by the way a picture of Amanda uh, or my wife at all um, but this young lady was raped at the age of eight. Okay? Her rapist was found guilty, but spent only one day in jail. After he was released, he was murdered. And because of this, she became mute for almost five years, believing her voice killed him. I killed that man because I told his name. And then I thought I'd never speak again because my voice would kill anyone. During this time, this period of suffering, this period of shame and guilt, the period of silence that she developed an, an extraordinary memory, her love for books and literature, and her ability on this Black History Month to listen and observe the world around her. A teacher and friend of hers helped uh, the family, helped her speak again, introducing to her a world of books with authors such as Charles Dickens and William Shakespeare. When she finally did speak, she had a whole lot to say. She became a voice for women, a voice for the black community, garnering respect and admiration for her honesty. She would say, quote, there is no agony like bearing an untold story inside of you. She would later write a book entitled Letter to My Daughter, which was dedicated to the daughter she never had, but sees all around her. In the book, she says, quote, you may not control all of the events that happened to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. And then she wrote a poem. And I'd like for you to listen to the words of this poem. Did you not want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weeping by my soulful cries? You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness. But still, like air, I rise. Her name was Margaret Ann Johnson. But later in life, she would change her name to Maya Angelou. This is your Black History Month moment at the City Church. Let's stand to our feet, everybody.
as we are strengthened in the Lord, renewed day by day, like my Angelo, you may not be able to control the thing that happened to you, but you do not have to let those things reduce you. Life is choice driven. You live and you die by the choices you make. And as we take this Black History Month moment to celebrate some of our heroes and zeros, maybe take the baton, maybe take the torch, maybe take the mantle and be strengthened. Come on, praise team. Be renewed to be the men and the women that God has called us to be. Not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, right? Have you not heard, Israel? Has it not been known to you that the God of Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps? You're going to get tired. You're going to get exhausted. You're going to get weary. But they that wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. You got to wait. And we don't like waiting, but if you're willing to wait, he's going to renew your strength. You'll mount up on wings like eagles. You'll run, not get weary. And you'll walk and not faint. Your outward man, yes, it is perishing. But come on, look at somebody and say the inner man. Come on, look at somebody and say the inner man is being strengthened day, renewed day by day. I want to pray with you before we close out this message today because still you rise beyond the cancer beyond the high blood and the low blood and the no blood and beyond the COVID-19 and all of the viruses and the epidemics and the pandemics and all of the mental the emotional the relational and even the financial still you rise for every man and every woman online today I need you to know and I just need to kind of look in your home and tell every one of you right now that no matter what's happening in your space, no matter what's happening in your world, like my Angelo, that eight-year-old girl who grew up to be one of the most noted African-American, no, the noted authors, male or female, you too can rise. And you can be the man, the woman that God has called you to be. Because Jesus, the author and the finisher, the perfecter and the pioneer of our faith, Paul says that we are renewed because of Jesus. My friends, no matter who you are and where you're from, Jesus. Suicide, Jesus. Heartbreak, Jesus. Disappointment, Jesus. Let down, Jesus. It is in him that we live that we move and that we have our being if any man be in Jesus he is a new creature old things are passed away and all things have become brand new on this Super Bowl Sunday well the world literally the world will watch a game at a halftime show Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. As we express love tomorrow for Valentine's Day, there's a very cute story about Saint Valentine. A true story, by the way, about Saint Valentine. Isn't it amazing how everything goes back to the cross? Thank you, Sister Amanda, because perfect love does cast out all fear. And when we walk in love, we can be renewed. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Father, as we come before your presence, thank you that the Bible reminds us that we can come boldly before the throne of grace, that we would obtain mercy that we would find grace for the time 
that we needed the most. Father, we love and we honor, we thank you so much for the word of God. Thank you for the reminder of being renewed day by day. Thank you for the love of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you that we should live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Father, we bless your name today. Thank you for the gospel of your son Jesus, that he lived, he died, he was buried and he rose again and because he rose hallelujah we too can rise up and like the air we too rise so father we thank you today that no weapon formed against us will prosper every tongue every lie every gossip every rumor every curse every argument every spirit of shame every spirit of guilt in the name of Jesus is destroyed we rebuke every spirit of sickness and infirmity we reverse the curse of sickness we bind up the root of cancer in the name of Jesus father you are our healer you are Jehovah Rapha the Lord God our healer God you've been healing people from from the beginning of time and you're yet still a healer today. You're able to wow the minds of the healthcare professionals and take cancer and bring it to a stop. Father, thank you right now for staying the plague of death and rebuking the spirit of suicidal thoughts. Thank you for oil and thank you for wine. And Father, thank you for the church worldwide raising up to have an answer, to have a voice in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.